and welcome to Every Romcom Now streaming for the week of April 18th through the 25th, 2022. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. Jen and I will be giving you some streaming recommendations as well as letting you know where you can find some of the movies from recent and upcoming episodes of the podcast. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow the podcast on social media. Our Facebook page is Every Romcom Podcast and Blog. Our Instagram is at Every Romcom. And our Twitter handle is at EveryRomComPod. And as always, you can find the podcast at EveryRomCom.com. Send us feedback at feedback at EveryRomCom.com. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Now for the week of April 18th through the 25th, we'll let you know what's streaming. First, here's where you can find some of the movies we've covered in our Gen X Romcom series. From 1986, Spike Lee's first feature, She's Gotta Have It, is available on Netflix. The 1989 dark comedy Heathers is included with Prime, Plex, and the Roku channel. The early 90s movies in our series, Singles, True Romance, and Reality Bites, are available to rent on various streaming sites, or you can always check with your local library. And next week, we'll be releasing our episode on 1997's Chasing Amy, which is available on Cinemax and Spectrum. And now we'll get into our recommendations for rom-coms and rom-com adjacent movies and TV shows that are streaming right now. So, Sybil, my first pick this week is actually a movie that we were supposed to record a podcast episode on. Not you and I, but like we had a co-host set up for this and then unfortunately it fell through. I hope that we'll be doing it in the future. And it is a Gen X movie, 1994's Go Fish. It's currently available on Tubi and Pluto TV. And it is a black and white independent lesbian rom-com. And it was part of kind of what's called the new queer cinema movement in film that developed in the 90s. So I really am excited to eventually cover this movie and talk more about that. But for the meantime, before we cover it in depth, I just wanted to like point this out as a really engaging, fun, light, romantic comedy that's also like very artistically rendered. I saw this movie when it came out in 1994. It might actually be the first wide released romantic comedy about lesbian women. Like certainly there were other romances about lesbian women, but like not really genre pictures, but this is really a genre picture. And it was directed by Rose Trochet and written by Rose Trochet and Guinevere Turner. And Guinevere Turner also stars in the movie as Max. And the plot is basically Max's friends are trying to help set Max up with another woman named Eli. And I found this movie to be very satisfying as a romantic comedy story, but it's even more interesting as just sort of a glimpse into what like sort of lesbian culture and community was like in the 1990s. It also grows on me. I think the first time I saw it, I didn't appreciate it as much because it is kind of low budget. And so like some of the actors are pretty, you know, amateur at times, but like over time, like I've really come to love the characters in this movie. There are definitely a lot of different kinds of characters that many different people might relate to better. So yeah, recommend Go Fish right now on Tubi and Pluto TV. I got to add my recommendation to that. It's a really good film. So my first pick is a movie that came out in 2015. It's currently on Netflix. It is a rom-com written by Max Landis starring Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. 
And it is a really funny movie. It actually came out before that they were kind of big stars, but you can see that they were becoming hot at this point in time. And they have such good chemistry together. It's a movie called Mr. Right. And it is about an assassin, Sam Rockwell, who decides one day that he doesn't want to be an assassin anymore. And so he as an assassin will, if you decide you don't want to be assassin, he just starts assassinating the people who hire him. Um, yeah, because that's what you do when you're like an assassin and you're sick of being an assassin, right? But he meets a girl when he's doing his assassination and she's kind of clueless. She doesn't really understand what's going on. And she he likes her and she likes him. And she slowly starts to understand that he's an assassin and it's like hijinks ensue because his bosses are trying to kill him and he's trying to keep her safe. But at the same time, he's still like assassinating the people who are trying to get him. It is hysterical. And they have such good chemistry together. Nice. Nice. I, I do like watching uh, Anna Kendrick and things. Yeah. Cool. So for my second pick, it's also going to be another sort of Gen X lesbian movie, part of the new queer cinema. And this one is one that I only saw recently. I saw Go Fish when it actually came out, but this one I only saw recently on the Criterion channel. It's not on there right now, um, but it's called The Watermelon Woman um, from 1996, directed by Cheryl Dunier. It is currently available on Canopy, which you can get with a lot of library cards, also on Showtime, Spectrum, and Philo. This movie has a love story, but it's primarily focused on the main character, who is also named Cheryl, on her search for an actress from a black actress from early cinema who's listed in the credits of a movie as just the watermelon woman. And while she's undergoing the search for who this woman was and her history, she finds out that this woman, you know, seems to have been a lesbian also. And so the movie, the movie sort of follows Cheryl as she talks with different people and, and sort of issues of black representation in movies and lesbian representation in movies both come up while she's undergoing this search and it sounds like it would be really serious from that, but actually it's really funny too. Like I find Cheryl Dunier when she appears in her films is always a very charismatic and relatable person. And, you know, there's just funny things too, like her and her best friend working in a video store, talking to each other about women. Um, there's a funny karaoke scene. So yeah, check this movie out. It's really interesting. Um, parts of it are very experimental and, I think it's a pretty essential viewing in terms of LGBT films as well. So The Watermelon Woman, available on Canopy, Showtime, Spectrum, and Philo. My second pick is going to be a TV show on HBO. It's called Our Flag Means Death. And it's created by David Jenkins in collaboration with Taika Waititi. And it stars Reese Darby and Taika. And it's a comedy and a romance about Blackbeard and the Gentleman Pirate. And hmm. it's not in any way historically accurate, but it's still a lot of fun. And apparently a lot of research was done for this. Hmm. If you look at any of the um, background that they talk about. So it's, it's really hysterical that they're like, oh, there's all this history that was historical research that was done for it. It is in no way historically accurate, but it is so much fun. And there is so much shipping that's going around for all of the characters. It is like a telenovela done mm -hmm. for all of these pirate characters that are all so exotic and unusual. And I laugh out loud every time it was so much fun to watch. And there are just so many intriguing, like 
romances, bromances going on. So is this like a limited series or is there going to be another? It was supposed know? to be a limited series, but I th- I don't know. They haven't said that if, if anything is being picked up again. I mean, it has it has a spot where it could literally go on more, but it does have like an ending. So there is an end, wh- okay. but there is a, an opening for more. Okay. It does sound intriguing. Yeah. I, I would probably check it out at some point. So... My third pick, um, I actually watched this on a VHS tape last week, but it is actually streaming places. Yeah, I have a VHS tape of this that the guy from our local video store, Martin at Goldmine Video, must have given me in in probably about 1994 and 1995. It is another um, gay and lesbian-themed movie from the Gen X period. Um, It doesn't really have as much of a Gen X vibe for me, but maybe that's because it's an Australian film. But at any rate, it's called The Sum of Us. It is currently available on Acorn TV, Spectrum, or if you want to borrow my videotape. Something notable about this movie, it is a very early appearance by Russell Crowe. So six years before his big role in Gladiator, he was starring in this family romantic dramedy, playing a gay son who's living with his widowed father in Sydney, Australia. And it's based on a play and you can tell at times because sometimes the characters will like directly address the audience the way you see done in a play at times. And there's some different monologues, but it it works. And the actors really do a great job in this movie. Um, The playwright was David Stevens. He also wrote the screenplay and he was an Oscar nominated openly gay playwright and screenwriter. Um, No longer with us though. And one thing that's a lot of people want to see is like a lot of um, gay and lesbian movies that have kind of a positive feeling about them where not everything is like super tragic. And this is a great example of a positive, you know, movie that you can watch like a gay son and his father getting along really well. The father has a lot of love and acceptance for his son. In fact, one of the main problems that comes up early on in the movie is the father's too involved in his son's lo- love life and is horning in on his date and trying to get to be friendly with his date too and trying to encourage them to get together in kind of an obnoxious way so that's like an early thing that happens in the movie there is drama but it's not like you know the kind of movie where oh it's so depressing to be gay this is just a family drama that happens to have a gay son in it and the movie makes me laugh and cry at different times like I really was like just crying the last time we watched it And I was pleased to see that it was as good as I remembered it being and that it was worth keeping my VHS tape. So, (laughs) and um, I think it would be really interesting too for audiences today, just to get a little view of of what it was like sort of to be young and gay in the nineties. But beyond that, it's a universal story. And I think anybody who has been single and looking for love or anyone who's had a close relationship with a parent, they could really relate to it. So I recommend it. The Sum of us, Acorn TV, Spectrum, Maybe it's at your local library too. I'm not sure, but um, hopefully it'll get even more widely released at some point. Um, I know that they had that one on Netflix at some point because I saw it recently. Oh, okay. So it might come back around again. All right. My third pick is going to be Starstruck, which is also, it's, this is a short series on HBO. We're in the second season, but uh, I think it's like six episodes and each one is 30 minutes. So they're really short. You just cruise through them. Uh, it was created by two women writers, Rose Matefio, is I think how you say it, and then um, Alice Sneddon. And I think that's one of the reasons I watched it for the originally, just because I, I try to watch anything that's kind of written or 
directed by women. I try mm-hmm. to support the women. Uh, it has mini driver in it, but just barely. So they promote it as like this mini driver thing, but it, it doesn't. So if you're annoyed by mini driver, like I am, you can still watch it and enjoy it. <laughs> Cause I almost didn't watch it because of mini driver. She's barely in it. Sorry, mini driver. <laughs> yeah. It's a BBC production, uh, but it's on HBO right now. And it is hysterical. It's essentially about a woman who has sex with a guy as like a one night stand. And when she wakes up, she rolls over and, and she has really amazing sex, like drunk, weird, but amazing sex. She rolls over and realizes that the guy that she was having sex with is essentially the guy on this A-list movie poster. So it's like, if you rolled over in the morning, we're like, Oh my God, is that Brad Pitt? Yeah. Yeah. I just had sex with Brad Pitt. Um, and she, but she like really likes him and they like each other. So how do you navigate through this, idea of like they really like each other but like that's like it's a weird scenario because they had like a one night stand they really dig each other he's an alias movie star she's like kind of a no one who has no ambition and is kind of useless and knows it like that's who she is and he's actually he's actually like a better put together human than she is. And usually in a movie, you know, movie stars are like, you know, high maintenance and annoying. Mm. And he's actually got his life together. And is like, he knows what he wants out of life. And he never thought that he wanted someone like that. And because it's written by two women, it's fun to watch how this, like essentially this mess of a human female is shown. And you, you know, most times I have trouble with like women being shown as just like completely like messed up in a relationship. But I'm like, if I was if I was like not together, like this is how I'd be in a relationship 100%. I'll have to check that out too. It sounds like a lot of good stuff going on in HBO at the moment. Yeah, they're picking up some really interesting things. I, I'm, I'm enjoying it over my time over at HBO right now. <laughs> my fourth and final pick for today is another sort of Gen X movie. I almost included this in our Gen X rom-com series. But then I concluded that like it was kind of redundant with like some of the themes that we're covering for Chasing Amy. And uh, this is Threesome from 1994, available on Tubi and Vudu. This is like a total guilty pleasure movie for me. Okay, like I actually I don't think it's like a bad movie, but it's kind of like I know I'm watching it sort of like for prurient reasons I guess you could say like even though I'm not like consciously attracted to the actors in this movie like their chemistry in this movie is so good that like I get like really kind of like turned on by this movie by watching it and I remember like times when I was younger and had a friend group where there was like all this sexual tension so the friend group in question um, the characters are played by Laura Flynn Boyle who was best known at the time for Twin Peaks Josh Charles who was kind of the rebellious guy in Dead Poets Society and Stephen Baldwin. And I don't even know what else to say about Stephen Baldwin, except he was in threesome essentially. (laughs) I I know he's been in other stuff, but like, I just, I literally think I've only seen him in threesome. Um, Anyway, like the premise of this movie, like is actually kind of a clever premise. So it's a group of roommates and the straight man is in love with the woman who's in love with the gay man who's attracted to the straight man. So it's this like very complicated love triangle. And I mean, you know, the spoiler is in the title. Um, (laughs) Wait, it's a spoiler. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) But, but it's like less, it's not like, like a strictly about sex type of movie. It's also a comedy and like uh, just a college comedy. 
it really does to me capture something accurate about what it was like to be a teenager slash young adult in the mid nineties. And like that, the kind of sexual experimentation that was going on, the kinds of attitudes about homosexuality, like where a lot of people were becoming more accepting, but, but at the same time, there was a lot more ignorance, but like, I think it's an interesting time capsule of a movie. I think it can also just be really fun. There's kind of a fun soundtrack and it is, I think it's a sexy movie. I don't know. I don't know if everyone would agree with it, but like there's, they're kind of attractive people and the way the, the scenes are filmed that are kind of hot. It's pretty like thoughtful actually, and not like really exploitive per se, but just like very sensual. So. I mean, I remember watching Threesome when I was in like, you know, 1984, that's my, my high school year and my high school year and being like, oh, this movie is so naughty. And like, these people are so incredibly hot. But as an adult, I don't know if I'd ever watch this movie. So I like now I'm like intrigued again. So I was just like, I'm like, you're really selling this movie. I revisit it every so often. And like Tubi, it's free on Tubi. You just have to like watch some of their ads. So like literally you just put Tubi on your TV and you can see it. And Voodoo might be the same. I haven't tried it yet. Um, I will say that there's things in the movie which would be like problematic by today's standards. But um, at the time it did seem like slightly progressive um, having a gay character and having it not be a big deal for the other characters. And like, I've said often on the show, I don't really watch movies for them to have perfect characters, like saying the perfect thing. I like the realism of it. So yeah, check it Mm -hmm. out. If you're in the mood for something slightly naughty, slightly fun, guilty pleasure. (laughs) There you have it. All right. So my fourth pick and final pick here is a movie, movie called Moonshot. I'm also on HBO. Apparently I'm just living on HBO right now. And it is a newer film for them. It came out in 2022. I think it was actually just released last Friday. Hmm. It's starring Lana Condor from, um, wait, what, what was that from? Um, to all the boys I loved before on Netflix and the sequels. Yes, right on. Yeah. Um, and Cole Sprouse, who is from Riverdale. Um, it, it takes place in the future. It takes place in a future earth, which means of course it is trashed. Nobody wants to be living on it. And we are trying to colonize Mars and of course, the person who's trying to colonize Mars is some genius gentleman who everybody wants, you know, to be a part of. And the um, the Cole Sprouse character, he is incredibly hot. He's very dreamy. And he has dreams of going to Mars. But he's dumb. Pretty but dumb. And therefore, nobody wants him for Mars. So he keeps being denied. He goes to a party and he meets, the, he meets Alana Condor's character. And she is super smart. And her whole family is currently already living on Mars. But for reasons that you find out later, she has been unable to go to Mars. But she decides at the last second she's going to make it there. She's going. And he stows away in her cabin. Hmm. And they end up kind of falling in love while she hides him in her cabin. And it is like a rom-com because of that. And it's a lot of fun. It's very silly. It's I call it nerds in space falling in love because that's essentially <laughs> what it is. That sounds intriguing also. Yeah, good choices. So well, I look forward to seeing some of these when we get HBO again at some point. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff on HBO right now. I mean, good stuff out there on the internet in general. We're, we're, we're living in wonderful times. Yeah. So much TV and stuff to watch. And podcasts to listen to as well. Yeah. <laughs> so if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcast and or drop us a line at feedback at everyromcom.com. We would love to hear what you're streaming and loving these days. 
And we'll be releasing our new episode next week on Chasing Amy, finishing up our Gen X rom-com series. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, hope everyone is doing great. See you next time. Happy streaming. Thank you.